Good day, fellow hoteliers, and welcome to episode 207 of the Hotel Marketing Podcast. My name is Pete DeMeo, and I'm your host and fuel civil engineer. Joining me as usual is Phil Friska, our missile launch operator and knower of all things search marketing. So we've got a big, big show today in our cozy little missile silo, and we're going to be covering exactly what you need to do to maximize your hotel conversion rates. There's a rocket launch in exactly two hours from when we're talking about this, and I really hope that's where you got this today, Pete. It is. It absolutely is. So there's some really exciting things happening in, in, in rocketry and space travel, and I thought we wanted to be a part of it in our own little well, we way. We get to see it tonight. We're going to be hanging out. Pete and I will be in a parking lot, eating great food, and watching a rocket launch. Yep. So w- will we be able to see it uh, from Myrtle Beach? It- Clear skies say yes. Ooh, we'll I didn't know that. I just knew there was going to be a rocket launch. So, well, hey, that is awesome. I'm excited to hear that. But uh, by the time everyone is listening to this, they will have missed the rocket launch. But there's going to be plenty more. Elon Musk is very busy, so he's always getting his rockets up there. So so you're going to be good. Don't worry. And if you couldn't tell, we're nerds. We're real excited about the rocket launch. <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing better, though, than... Whenever you can watch one of his live casts of you know SpaceX launch, especially SpaceX the the Falcon Heavies, everything is nominal. Yeah, nominal is such a sad word for everything is good. Everything's awesome. Yeah, I'm gonna start using nominal. Yeah, Phil, that was a that was a nominal podcast. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so let's go ahead and jump in. We got a couple cool things to talk about today beyond just the way to maximize your website's conversion rate. We got some items in the news here and i guess i gotta do my stupid little song so here we go with hotel marketing that cannot lose now it's time to listen to the news news-a-roos. Ooh, something different i don't know anyway this news item is brought to us by pretty much every news outlet but we got it from our local news outlet wmbf and the headline is grandma kicked out of hotel after leaving a bad review <laughs> the, I sent this to the group and the funniest response was Pete saying, oh my God, it's actually true. Oh yeah. You, you see that headline. I go, that's clickbait. That's just nothing actually happened. But then I started digging into it and this takes place where a grandmother and her six-year-old granddaughter decided to go on a little vacation and stopped at a hotel. They booked it on hotels.com, which I don't recommend you do. You should be booking direct, but in this case, uh, her name was Susan, chose to book through Hotels.com. They checked in. They weren't very happy with the overall condition of the room. and but not overly unhappy either. No, just a uh, three-star yeah. eh, review. Yeah. So, Everybody gets them. Yep. So after they checked in, uh, a couple hours later, they get an email from Hotels.com asking you to review your check-in experience which is something that we always recommend anyway. Well, a couple hours later at 8.40 p.m., her phone rang and the police came up and pulled them out of their room and escorted them off the property. Yeah. So essentially, yes, you can kick somebody out of your hotel for any reason. Sure. As long as you give them proper notice, which hotel did do. I mean, they said you... You're left. leaving. <laughs> yeah, you're leaving is what they said to these people. And you're leaving because you gave us a bad review. Yeah. So, oh, and we've called the police to come get you out of the building. To, to evict you. So, so where this comes from is 
the way Hotels.com does their reviews is the owner of the property gets to see the review as soon as it's posted. So what's happening is, and when I say, I'll say what's happening, what happened was the lady left a bad review. The hotel immediately got it. The hotel operator was mad that they did not enjoy their check-in experience and posted it publicly and immediately took a retaliation and gave the lady the boot. And because of the way laws are written, it was completely legal to do, but not really what we would recommend as good hoteliers. It is anti-hospitable. It is absolutely How about you anti. just go talk to her and say, hey, we're really sorry that you know you didn't have the experience that we hoped you had. Anything we can do to make it right? Maybe yeah. maybe the hotels.com review is the only bad one you get instead of Streisand affecting yourself and have this on every local news outlet across the country. Well done, Baymont Suites and wherever you are. <laughs> and you call awful. them out. Well, that's oh, in the news I'm going article. To. I don't care. It's, it's, sorry, it's not Baymont. I know you're a chain, but somebody who works for you has just put your name in the news for stuff like this. So how about everybody tell your employees, don't do things like this. Don't kick people out unless it's absolutely necessary. Now, I'm aware of, you know, some GM, some hotel operators, your your bonus structure revolves around good reviews. I, I get that. It happens. I don't agree with it, but I get it. <laughs> you cannot have people kicking guests out because they're upset about a bad review. No, it, it, and like you said, it's a complete Streisand effect. If he just went up there talked to the guest and left a review, uh, left a review feedback, you know, so the owner's response, he could have overcome this issue and created the goodwill versus just completely burning down the house. There's really no reason to do that. Uh, it, because and throw fire on it. He called the police. Oh, absolutely. I, mean, I think we say it all the time is like reviews are a fact of life. We get reviews, we get good reviews, we get bad reviews, hopefully very few bad reviews. But when you get a bad review, Look at this as an opportunity to create a better relationship for one, that guest, but also everybody who's an audience watching you respond to this guest. Because that's t- probably how you're going to be responding to your other guests who don't see it. And I don't know. This is if not I the have, right way to do if it. If I see this ever when I'm trying to book a hotel and it says, hey, they kicked somebody out for a bad review. I'm like, well, what do they want to kick me out for? I'm not going there. It's Just, yeah, just crazy. think about it. So. Yeah. insane so don't don't do this where this is this is the pete and phil travel boom advice don't kick your guests out over bad reviews it's an incredible piece of advice phil <laughs> <laughs> all right so the next thing we have on our list is 60 seconds to success all right so let me go ahead and get this set up for you because we're actually going to take this section of the podcast and break it out to its own little little thing so and here it goes So now it's time for 60 Seconds to Success with Travel Boom, where we have just one minute on the clock to share a tip or trick that's going to make your hotel marketing more effective. Now, this is part of episode 207 of the Hotel Marketing Podcast, but we've condensed it down to just 60 seconds. That's going to help you do a little bit better job hoteling. Let's see. So, Phil, the way this works is I've got my little timer set up here. I'm going to press start, and I've got 60 seconds to wow you. And if I don't, the alarm goes off and chaos ensues. Are you ready? Let's do it. All right. So my tip is this. Use your CRM's behavior tracking and triggering uh, systems to their fullest. 
any great system, if it's Blue Shift or, or otherwise, will have the ability to set first-party cookies on a user's machine the moment they first interact with your website. And this is going to let you associate all their behavior back even before they ever got you got their email to their guest folio. Better yet, once you have that association set, you can begin to create a better picture of the customer, including all the devices they use, mobile, desktop, tablet, whatever it might be, specific dates that they want to travel, rooms that they want, vacation regions, and more. And then after you take all that tracking together, you can start delivering real personalized ads, emails, and content on a literally a true one-to-one basis. So get in touch with your CRM provider. Make sure you can do that. And if you can, get to work. The sooner you start collecting data, the better. And the better you collect data, the better your conversion rate will be. And I missed I missed it, Phil. That's all right. You missed it by like a second and a half, let's be honest. Yeah. Well, I figured this is the first time we're doing the 60 seconds to success as a breakout session. And I wanted people to hear that to let us know that, that it's okay to fail. You as, reached it. Yeah. As long as you keep powering through your failure. So, no, so you, Pete, I think your 60 seconds here is, is spot on. Um, being able to track users back to the initial behavior that that they made with you all the way through where they are when you realized who they were. Um, that that's, I think that is it always comes back to the personalized one-to-one communication that we love to have with any guest. So if I know that you entered on, you entered my website on a four bedroom condo page, you visited uh, my, my lazy river and my water park page, and then you left my site. Well, you've just entered a new segment that I need to now apply you to or reach out to you one-to-one as best I can saying, how can we close this deal? This is every salesman's dream. Well, you can do it through automated ways. And, Mm -hmm. you know, this is, this is invaluable to really any business, but particularly hotels. Once, once you learn a little bit more about your prospective guest, make them a real guest and then make them a return guest. Absolutely. And it, it takes time. It takes some work to get this stuff set up, which is why I think a lot of hoteliers don't go down that path. But what I'm telling you right now is if you take your time, you set up these journeys that a guest will go through and you target them early and target them from a very personalized perspective, you're going to see a better rate of return. And please segment properly. And once you segment these guests into different groups or segment these users, I should say, into different groups, um, see how large these groups can become and then realize what platforms you can serve to them on because various platforms require various uh, numbers of email addresses, whether it be a hundred, whether it be a thousand, whatever it is. Um, Once you create a segment of people, then you can start reaching out to those people based on the known interests that they have. Bingo. So, so there you go. That's the travel boom, 60 seconds to success for the week. We're going to go ahead and move on to the main topic of Hotel Marketing Podcast number 207. If you're listening live, then you're still listening. If you're listening to this little clip, check it out. Hotel Marketing Podcast at TravelBoomMarketing.com. Cheers. Cheers, everybody. There it is. Cheers. So, All right. Phil, so that wraps up all the, that housekeeping and that, that pesky business up. We're ready to dive into your big news for the week. 
how to improve your hotel website conversion rates. Yeah, this this isn't this isn't my article, but I'm gonna walk you through it because it's pretty awesome. This one was done by Travel Boom's own Alyssa Fate. Um, really, it's it's A/B testing and things to consider while you're A/B testing and various A/B testing examples that you might want to implement on your site to improve your hotels. Uh, hotel website conversion rate. So start with the basics. Let's put it very simply. If you're not familiar with A-B testing, shame on you. But if you're not familiar with A-B testing, it's really, it's comparing two different versions of a single variable. So on your hotel's website, there's countless variables you could make different versions of and test them against each other to see what performs better and performs better. We're talking in terms of conversion rate. So conversion could be email captures. It could be RFP submissions for, for groups or for weddings. It could be transactions, you know, the actual booking, really anything that your website is trying to accomplish, you should be testing to see how you can improve that goal. Uh, and how people complete that goal in a more efficient way. Yeah. And, and here's the other thing to kind of consider from an A-B testing perspective, just in general. It's not that hard to do. So get the tools in place to actually be able to do it. Uh, Google Optimize is a free service. It takes a little bit of time to configure it and get it set up. But if you're always creating tests and you're always improving your conversion rate on your site by, you know, 3% here, you know, 12% here, 1.5% or less here, over time, you've created a much better mousetrap that all of your other A-B tests help improve as well. Well, let's, let's be realistic. Uh, website conversion rate on average is somewhere around 1% nationwide. And if you can improve that by, if you can improve yours by half a percent by testing, you're leaps and bounds above the average. So... Oh, absolutely. Let's, I mean, let's, yeah. in the best case scenario, looking at, you know, we just got done with Black Friday, Cyber Mondays and all that stuff. And and you see some peak conversion rates getting toward 3%, which is a phenomenal conversion rate. It's not a sustainable conversion rate because it's all everyone booking at once in many cases. But that tells you that you can get to that number. You just have to work to optimize ongoing every day and make it better. Definitely. All right. Um you guys should know what A-B testing is now because I just told you what it is. So let's give you a little breakdown of maybe maybe some of the tests that that you should you should try on your own. All right, so let's lead off with uh, a couple of examples here of things that you can do on your own hotel's website that are that are great A-B tests to run for yourself. Number one, 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 one. So number one is pop-up related, but it's time delay testing. So um, you want to see how a time delay may affect the impact of how well your pop-up works. So this can be used to, to capture email addresses. Well, pop-ups can be used to capture email addresses, to promote specials, etc. cetera. Um, but... One thing that we like to test is how do your users react for a pop-up that pops up immediately versus one that pops up, let's say, 10 seconds later or 20 seconds later after the person visits the page. Um, 
and we've seen varying results in this. So this is absolutely something worthwhile to test. Um, sometimes the immediate works better. Sometimes after they've been viewing the content on the page, 20 seconds works, works way better. So test this for yourself, find out, um, You'll want to see some of the impacts. Uh, obviously, we're talking about conversion rate today. So how well does this impact the conversion? Conversion being, you know, does your pop-up re require someone to put their email address in? That's your conversion. Is it doing a better job immediately or is it doing a better job after a time delay? Um, how does this impact time on page? So let's say you, you implement a 20-second time delay. Uh, but then you realize that the time on page is, stops after 20 seconds. You realize everyone's exiting. Yep. Right? So there's, there's things you need to consider here is, is it effective? Is it not? Sometimes, you know, that immediate pop-up is better because people just click it off and do whatever they want to do. They provide what you want and then they do whatever they want to do. You know, sometimes that delay works better, but this is a perfect A-B test and you know, understand those factors and you need to choose your winner based on, a variety of results there. Yeah. And I would also add to this, and this is going to be for all the tests that we go through, but make sure before you launch your test that you're very clearly defining the primary conversion event and the secondary conversion event. So in this case, the primary conversion event is making sure that the person provides an email address. Your secondary conversion event in this case is going to be revenue generated. And what you're doing there is you're making sure one, the primary reason for this test and the primary variable is time. The way I measure that is how many email addresses I collect. However, if you look at that compared to your secondary conversion event of revenue or, or bookings this is probably more specific. Hey, look, I, I increased my email collection by 50%, but I dropped my overall revenue. You can step back and look at that from a human perspective and say, you know what, even though I'm doing a better job collecting emails, at the end of the day, emails aren't making my cash register ring, and I need to balance that and go back people to another round of the site. Exactly. People are leaving the site because of what you've done. So understand both of those things. Like you have that that primary, am I connect, con collecting the email addresses? Secondary, um, how did it affect my overall number of bookings? Did it at all? You know, Maybe tertiary, is it affecting the time on page in a negative manner? Yep, Absolutely. So uh, Alyssa gave us 10 items that we can test. So I think we need to kind of fly through these. Yep. So right. we'll right. jump into number two, 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 two. The original test, <laughs> verbiage and copy. So one of the most basic yet effective A-B tests you can run. Think of your call to action, right? So testing the various verbiage you can put in your call to action, testing uh, FOMO testing urgency. So does your button say learn more or does it say limited rooms available? Um, can you test something that says, you know, flash sale versus click here verbiage yep. copy. Yep. That type of stuff is what we're talking about. Here. And we've done this for years and our listeners probably have as well, right? Is this is typically what you think of as a basic email test, you know, subject line tests. And we can tell you, definitively, you know, we've seen lift in terms of open rate, which led to improved click rates anywhere between no change at all, if it doesn't matter, up to 17, 18, 30 plus percent improvement in open rates on emails. And that's all based on that first reaction. Okay, I'm getting that person to the next step. 
is the same thing with content is if you can do a good test and get them to that next step, you're just pushing them farther down that funnel. And it, it's not for everybody, but as you work them down that funnel, your odds of getting that booking improve every single step of the process. You know, I think it can be something, it can be one word difference that makes a huge difference. Does your booking widget say book now or book today? Yep. We don't Perfect. know. Whatever, whatever makes sense for your site, that's why you do these tests. But think about it that way. Amen. All right. Number three, 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 and we've seen this time and time again when we look at Clarity data. You know, shout out to the Microsoft Clarity team. They're awesome. But looking at that data and you see how few people actually scroll down below what is in quote fold the fold. If you move that button up, it's going to get more clicks. And the question is, and this is where the test comes in, are those clicks driving revenue? You know, so again, two, two uh, conversion events and two goals you're measuring revenue and clicks and everything else that you want to go on. Yeah. Are you, are you pushing people down the far, down the funnel as efficiently as possible? And and one of the things I like to point out in terms of placement is yes, we're talking about above the fold. That's a, that's a clear and obvious one. If your stuff is below the fold, you're likely going to improve it by moving it above, but th also think of things like sticky elements and by sticky, meaning it sticks to the top of the page as someone scrolls down with their thumb. So if they initially pass your booking widget to learn more about your hotel, does the booking widget stick to the top of the page? That sounds awesome, right? In some cases, it works wonders. For other hotels, it it decreases conversion rate. Mm -hmm. We cannot say definitively whether these things work or they don't, but this is the A-B test. Once yeah, again. exactly. All right. All right, let's number jump on to number four, 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 four. Color and typography testing. So this this is kind of along the same lines of the um, testing verbiage and copy, right? But it's the it's the color and it's the font. Um, you may be very familiar with the font style that's on your site or the contrast of your buttons, and you know what everything says because you're so familiar with your site. This is one of those instances where I'm going to tell you to take a step back, bring in a third party, let them come view your the text on your site, view the buttons on your site. Um, are they able to read it easily? Do they know what all those words are without straining their eyes? Is everything that's clickable very noticeable that it's clickable? That those those type of things are, are you you need to consider um, because, like I said, you know what it says. Does the average user know what it says? Yeah, and this is one that. It's a great test to, to, to do. Now, I'll full transparency, every time I run these tests, I've been so disappointed because we've done so many tests of, hey, let's try changing the book now button from you know blue to green to somewhere in between blue and green. And it's always been, eh, it really doesn't matter. But the thing is- Sometimes it does. It, exactly. So it it's a lot of times you're going to end up with null values. So it- 
you may find out that color doesn't matter. And that's not a failure of a test. That's just the results of the test. You know, how you use that really matter. And even if you do that test and you're like, ah, nobody cares if it's a, a red button or a green button, even though they say red's bad. In reality, it might work just fine. It, it might it might be the thing. I mean, who knows what it means for you? Once again, it may be the thing that identifies it as a clickable element mm-hmm. where it could look like it blends in otherwise. So just these are the type of things that we always say and have for years and years and years. Shout out Melissa, always be testing. Yep. But always be testing. Even this dumb stuff that we we, we are straight up telling you this is like, you know, the dumb stuff testing, the the colors of a button, it can matter for you and it can matter. And then like we said, in terms of half a percent of conversion rate, it matters big time. So, so Phil, check this it. out. So this is a specific example of what you're talking about. We have one client website. In this case, it's not a hotel website. It's actually a golf website or golf group website. And we had an issue where the booking conversion rate from the homepage was lower than other pages. One thing about the homepage was it had a really, really well-designed booking widget. I mean, it, it matched the site perfectly to the point where it completely fit into the, the site. So our test, and this will make any designer cringe, was almost to make the booking widget look less attractive. You know, so we kind of changed the colors a little bit. We we made it, a, I don't want to say gaudy, but we made it a little bit more basic looking. It wasn't so, in quotes, designed. And it performs so much better. And what we ended up finding was the the color of the booking widget was too perfect. The typography was just too perfect. If we we took a step back and we made a little bit of a disruptor, it did a lot better job. Yeah, it meshed too well. Yeah, right? it's and, and those things happen, which is why we're telling you test it. And like Pete said, this test was a clear winner. Of hey, we made this stand out a little bit in comparison to the rest of the site. It still looks good. Don't get us wrong, but it is a disruptor and it performed very well. And any designer that you showed that test to would be pissed off that you did it. They would, they'd be, they would hate you. Yeah, absolutely. But, hey, guess what? What's your it? bottom line, your revenue, your clicks, your numbers don't care what that designer thinks about what it looks like. Absolutely. So, Hey, let's just jump into number you don't have them labeled, Phil, which makes it really hard to remember what number it is, doesn't it? I'll, I'll do the rest right now. I'm gonna let you take. I'm gonna t- I'm gonna let you take this, Pete, as I number them. All right, perfect. So number five, and we'll know that once Phil labels them, is testing creative assets. So, and he's he's labeling it on the bullet point that I, I'm trying to read. It makes it hard. Uh, anyway, so testing create creative assets includes like images, logos, videos video length, whatever that might be. And there may not be like a specific tangible element to to this. It's really interesting to see how these little tests can ha- help kind of eke out the last little bit of performance that you can get from any given site. And I want to kind of give a couple examples here. Uh, so for instance, you might want to look at your own photography versus user-generated content. Which one of those works better? Is is your you know high art shot of your room the best option, or is the consumer's you know shot that's not necessarily the best, but you know you got it from your Flip Two account and it looks nice. I think that's the Flip Two model, right? It's that social proof. It's not the prettiest photo, but it shows real people having real fun, and it's not your stage thing. 
that people expect to see it again, maybe a bit of a disruptor there, but we've seen it improve conversion rates through the roof by adding that social proof in addition to really well-produced imagery. Exactly. So, so test that stuff. And, and we kind of talked about it before in, you know, the fourth one, which was, you know, the color and topography. If you make something too perfect, people gloss over it. But if you add a little bit of reality, you add a little bit of grit, it can do so much for your conversion rate. So test it out and see what happens. Yeah. Maybe, maybe not looking so much like the template that someone could pull off of anyway. Well, yeah. Adding, Cause what happens a little life. Because what happens is you have a phenomenal photo shoot and all of a sudden you kind of get into that world of it's so good. Is it stock photography? I don't know. That's probably not their real room. You know, so you kind of need a little bit of of dust every once in a while to to convert (laughs) as best as you can. Again, photographers would hate us for that one too. (laughs) All Um, right. But last last one on that that I think we've seen success with. When, When was the last time you revisited your hotel's logo? You're, that's that's a creative asset for you. Does it look old? Does it look like it was created in the eighties? Is that what you're going for? You know, maybe maybe you want it to look rustic. Maybe you want it to look luxurious. You know, we don't know what the aesthetic of your property is, and maybe what you have is outdated in comparison to what you want the aesthetic of your property to be. Does it match the rest of your website? Change that logo. It's a minor change, but things like that can affect your conversion rate. Well, you now, know, it's, with it's, those, they're not directly clickable items, right? They're not obvious. You just have to watch those over time. But, but in, in I would many say, scenarios, it, it does pan it, out to work well. I would say don't be tone deaf there either because changing your logo is a big deal. I mean, big, it's, big it's everything. It's obviously the color on the website and everything like that, but it's – Everything from emails to letterhead and all that kind of stuff. So we're not saying take this lightly, but it's something to consider. And you actually have real world examples of, you know, properties who have been staples in a destination for years. They updated their logo and it kind of gave them a new lease on life. So something to consider there for sure. It made the old hotel that they were look historic rather than dated. And yeah. those type of things, that that little rebrand can go so far for you. Yeah. But consider that yeah. that's the testing of creative assets. Yeah. And that's probably one of the most expensive versions of it. But yeah, te- there you go. And, and a lot of times from a, you know web developers and you know web guys in general, the test is the easy part. It's the the creative that's the the really expensive part. So so we, we, we get that. So yep. we got we keep that in mind too. All right. Right. Number six 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 six. Landing page testing. And I think I've gone through an entire podcast of this, but you know, you have your various different types of landing page testing. You have the testing different landing pages and testing the creative of a landing page. A lot of what we're talking about today is maybe testing the layout, the creative, the call to actions on a landing page. But you know, what I'm talking about in this particular example is the landing page itself. Um, it's a test. You pay to bring a lot of people to your website. Make sure you're sending them to the right page. Um, this can be a homepage versus a rooms page, or do I send them directly into the booking engine rather than my homepage? Sending people to a place where they're going to convert more often than not is what we're talking about here, and that's what you should be considering. 
and this isn't a one-time test. Let me leave it at that because you're, like we said, you're constantly changing these things, these these variables on your website, these things on your booking engine. So as those things change, so do your landing page tests. All right, I made a change to my homepage. Yes, it increased my conversion rate. What did it do to my paid conversion rate? Is it the same? Do I need to send paid users to a different page on the site? All of these are questions that you need to be asking, but that is landing page testing. Yeah, cognizant. Yeah, it's it, this is a really important one, and this is of all the tests that you do, probably the one that could have the largest Im- initial improvement on conversion rate, because we we focus and, and Phil focuses so hard on our clients' SEO and PPC campaigns, and you know driving them to the right place that we need to make sure that that the right place for for them to go is the best optimized place for them to go as well. Remains the best place, right? Because we, we've done the test and then we made a handful of changes to that page, all iteratively improving the conversion rate of the page, right? Yep. Then can, is that page no longer the best? Do I send them directly into the booking engine? We've seen that yeah. work wonders. So it, it constantly changes too. Yep. So, nice. So... Number seven 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 seven. seven, seven. seven. I, I really like this one, and this is probably the one that your website alone has the least control over. And this is testing psychological triggers in the booking process. So again, to call back to Melissa, you've already done it once, Phil. Make sure your booking engine doesn't suck. You should have the ability to set up some type of testing for how the process works. And consider things like, so for instance, if you have any of those urgency messages, you know, five people have booked this room in the last 24 hours. Yeah, those are great, great tools that, to be honest, your booking engine provider should be testing on your behalf globally, because that does give you a lot of great tools. And then they can pass those on to you after testing and beta testing and all the other kind of fun stuff. But we've talked about that countless times, Pete. Talk to your booking engine. What can they do to make you look more like booking.com that's put the hours and effort and money into these psychological triggers? Yep. I mean, one, one thing that we have tested on the actual hotel website and has proven to work is things like lowest rate next to the rate versus a strike through rate and showing the new low rate mm-hmm. next to your original rate. Those type of things are tests that you can do designer based tests that can happen on the site itself. Um, primarily will be done through the booking engine, right? But we, we've, we've seen those on page as well. And, and the, just, just consider that there are things that you can do to improve the booking process outside of the booking engine. Yep. Absolutely. So it, it, it's so important. It's one that I think people forget about, but you know, don't forget about it. Use your partners, use them to your fullest. And I think you'll see a, a lot of performance gains here. Because keep in mind, at this point, they're super far down that conversion funnel. You know, it's just, it's just one little trigger left. And now all of a sudden it goes from a shopper to a booker. And, and this is the time we want to be making those, those changes. And, and call back to a couple of things we talked about earlier. Um, through through the booking process, right? So say they hit their the room page, the room they're interested in. Do you have the proper image? Are you describing the room in the best possible way? The verbiage. Are you doing both of those things as 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 well as you possibly can? Because changing the verbiage might increase your conversion rate. Changing that image of the room might just change that conversion rate. 
And then, you know, what, what can you do to improve the rest of the site from what you learned from an individual AB test? Consider that. Perfect. Ready to jump into number Pete, I think we had a whole podcast on this one too. But I think we did. Form field testing. So there are countless tests you can run on your forms. The length of the form, the information you're capturing, everything about a form can be tested. Just so consider that when when uh, when you have you have forms across your site, right? Is it an email capture? Is it a RFP? You know, all of those things, every single form on your site should be tested regularly. Yep. And I want to point out the food and beverage people and the group people. You're the worst for this because so many times you're going to add crap to your forms that is not necessary. You're going to want to make sure that you know every piece of information before you do a RFP response, but you're not considering the fact that it might be impacting your conversion rate, the, the form in general. So make sure that you have a submit button when you have the least amount of information to effectively fulfill that customer's request. It's super important because <clears throat> it's easy to say, I'm only adding one more field, but each field you add and each time the person has to add something is going to slow down that process a little bit. You know, one of the things that we would always do, and we still do for a lot of our tests, is consider breaking a form from a single form to a two-step form and collecting data halfway through. So I'm going to collect your, your name, your email address, your phone number, your source of business, and the main reason for your inquiry. I'm going to hit save and continue. Boom, I've got that data. And then I'm going to ask for all these ancillary pieces of information for group size or whatever it might be. If you bail there, I still have the information I need to get back with you. Yeah, that's that's so key. And and again, it's something you should test. Can you get what you need the initial shot? If not, split it up. How much do you split up? Many, many, many tests you can run. And also, another one I want to point out, Pete, is something I run into more often than I'd like to see is the verbiage used in a form field. What are you truly asking somebody to enter? Like if, if it's, um, you know, n- say something like number of guests on a group form. What do you mean number of guests? Number of rooms I need? How many actual people are staying? Like number of guests isn't descriptive. Can you go a little deeper, provide a little bit more detail to get the exact answer you need because you could be getting half of what you want or double what you want. You never really know. So be descriptive when you're, when you're filling out what the form field is trying to accomplish. Absolutely. <clears throat> Perfect. All right. Ready to jump into the last one we have on our list here. Last one. Number nine, 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 nine. We said there was 10 earlier, but there's actually well, nine, there's nine and there's 10 that, the 10th, you need to come to our side. Uh, that's what I was going to say. There's a bonus hidden one that you have to find later. <laughs> All right. So this is device testing. And I think it's a pretty awesome one because people forget that most people are not on the device that you're actually looking at the website on. I'm talking to hoteliers specifically. Consider how your tests display across all devices and understand which devices are actually the most important for your website. For most hotels, you 
and we say it so it's like a mantra and people kind of blow it off, but it's, you know, we think mobile first. Well, the reason that we try to think mobile first is in many cases, 65, 70, 75% of your traffic is coming from a mobile device. And that traffic never sees that beautiful desktop display with the expansive images and fancy buttons and text and everything. They see the mobile version. And if or you're, even your full hero image and the giant booking widget, all of these things that you look at regularly when you're considering testing, that's what we're saying. You test mobile first. If you look at your site on a mobile device, and then you decide what needs to be tested. Yep. Look, look at it that way. Like Pete said, 65, 70% of your traffic is mobile. How do we make your revenue 65, 70, 80% mobile? Yeah. And, and we, we, we talk always about the, the first mobile tipping point, which was more mobile traffic than desktop traffic. The second tipping point is more mobile revenue than desktop revenue. And we are there for most properties, but every single property I talk to, Minus maybe one or two, they always have far, far more desktop revenue than mobile revenue, even though they have so much more mobile traffic. And it's a mistake. Well, even, even if it's this, Pete, say say the pie chart we see is 70% mobile traffic, but 45% mobile revenue, that's that's an offset. Yeah. That's an, there's a giant gap that we can close by... A-B testing, mm-hmm. all the stuff we talked about earlier. You need to be testing this stuff. And like we said, you need to be testing it mobile first. How do you change your mobile experience to improve that conversion rate throughout the user's journey? Yeah. And, and I'll, I'll kind of leave it at this as well. Is So think about this. You have someone who visited your website. They went all over your website. They checked your booking engine out, whatever it might be, and they didn't convert. Guess what? They actually probably did convert. They decided they're still going on vacation. Your website was not the thing that said, you know what, I'm going to stay home. They booked either with an OTA at your property, so congratulations, or two, they booked at another property in your destination. And not being cognizant of how the consumer wants to book is, a, I mean, to me, it's a cardinal sin. There's, there's no reason that your mobile conversion rate should not be equal to your desktop. The, the fact that, oh, people aren't going to book on a mobile device. We've proven that years ago that that's really not the case. Some cases of you know, super high-end or super complex vacations, maybe. We know that. I mean, I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll disagree with you a tiny bit there because we know that most people make their larger expensive purchases on something they trust a little more, which you know, millennials and beyond, it's a desktop device. And You mean a mobile well, device? Sorry, no, no, no. I'm saying you make your purchase on a desktop, laptop, whatever okay. device. That's that's where people are making their largest purchases, the most expensive ones, which may be their vacation, fourteen hundred dollars, you know, two thousand dollars, seven hundred dollars, whatever it is, don't care. That is a large purchase for some people that for whatever reason they feel more comfortable making on a desktop device. What we're telling you is how do you cut that and make them feel confident enough that the experience you're providing is good enough, is, is, is authoritative enough, uh, is, is secure enough that they're going to do it on their mobile device instead because they're already here. You made it so easy for them. Like, like they're buying an Etsy candle 
mm-hmm. to just pop in that that fifteen dollar whatever it is purchase that everyone makes on their phone. That fifteen hundred dollar purchase should be just as easy. That's what we're trying to get across to you. Well, and and I, it's, it's very important. I think if we we're making predictions for twenty twenty two, I would say that's going to become more important now more than ever because we haven't said that in a while. <laughs> but that's going to become more important now more than ever because your credit card number is already saved on your phone. Yep. It, it's a one click change. All you have to do is overcome that objection of I want to see it on a bigger screen. What that's telling me is the consumer's not saying, I want to see it on a bigger screen. They're saying, I would rather see it better on the screen that's right in front of me in the toy- on the toilet or wherever they are. Get yep. them to push the book now button. Yep. And if you're not doing that, it's not the consumer's fault. That's always going to be the hotelier's and it's, fault. And it, it's like goes back to like, how do you do something like shop pay? Like, how do you, you already have their information's already saved. Like you said, pressing that button pushing them through to say, I, I no longer need to see the, the images and the extra detail and information because it's already been provided to me. I don't need any of that. I'm ready to book this. They did a great job. Click, pay, done, move on. Amen. Amen, brother. I think we did a good job on this one. This is a, this is a, a, a huge part of every hotel's existence online is a b testing to make sure you have the best conversion rate you can possibly have here's a few tests you can run obviously there's a million more than what we listed here but let's get started with these ones Uh, if you need help with it obviously reach out to us at travel boom we can we can help you out yeah and we this is not our thoughts this is Alyssa's fate's thoughts and she did a phenomenal job. So check out this article specifically. It's called Improving okay. Hotel Website Conversion Rates with A-B Testing. And it's really good. We're just basically uh, stealing her words and making us all look smart. So thanks, Alyssa. <laughs> thanks, Alyssa. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, so if you want to follow along, check out us at Hotel Marketing, the Hotel Marketing Podcast at TravelBoomMarketing.com slash podcast. And use your thumb if you're on a mobile device, because we want to think of you first. And click on episode 207, and you'll see the notes to this, as well as a link to Alyssa's article. And leave us leave us a review. If you liked it, if you didn't like it, tell us what you want to hear. Tell us what you love. Tell us what you didn't love. Yep, absolutely. So, Phil, if they want to connect with you outside of uh, right now, where would they do that at? Best place to do that's on LinkedIn, at Phil Fariska. F-O-R-I-S-K-A. Same here for me at LinkedIn at Pete DeMeo, P-E-T-E-D-I-M-A-I-O. Or you can connect with us collectively at TravelBoomMarketing.com or hit us up at info at or podcast at TravelBoomMarketing.com and we'll answer any of your questions. So, So yeah, Phil, there you go. That's another episode, episode 207 of the Hotel Marketing Podcast. But uh, good news, we will uh, actually not be back next week, according to, to Phil. We got some... some well, ex- we can do oh. it early. <clears throat> oh, we can. We just can't do it at a normal time. Oh, okay. So so stand by. There might be a podcast next week. If not, it'll be the week after. This <laughs> is such a cliffhanger for you. Bum, bum, bum. No one's going to be able to sleep for the next seven days now. <laughs> <laughs> that was like four days. Yeah, it. whatever it is. So. All right. Well, hey, that's it. Travel Boom is out.